Well, mine were those creamy, chewy milk bottles. What were your favourite sweets growing up? Sculptor Simon Lewis Wards has made a name for himself casting large and small glass candies. You might have seen his dozens of suspended giant glass jet plane lollies at Auckland Sylvia Park, for example. He credits that commission with allowing him to now branch out to try new techniques to refine the art he produces not only in glass but also in ceramics and brass. Simon self-taught, coming to sculpture after working in various trades and says his glass sweets quickly caught on. I went down this lolly route for a while and New Zealand kind of nostalgic candy. The, um, the colours of the glass basically told me what to make. In a sense, you look at these bright colours and they just look like the jubes that we used to eat. So Jet Plains was the one that first came to my mind and a lot of other Kiwis. It would be fair to say that I, because I didn't go through any art schools and stuff as well, and I was 30 when I started making the work, as soon as I made my first sculpture, I didn't want to do any other job. I wanted to put all of my time into just making art and kind of setting myself up as an artist. And so these pieces that are still part of my design range today, they're on the more affordable side of things. So I was able to sell them straight away make some bread and butter to stay afloat and also I kind of cut my teeth to bring me through to now where I'm just 10 15 years in starting to think a bit bigger and delving into the fine art side of things so yeah the design range has been integral really for me coming up not only business-wise and being able to pay the bills but get the skills up to kind of make more technical and intricate pieces now. We give people a lot of pleasure, and there is something, isn't there, about nostalgia? And I was just talking about it too, uh, totally. the, the bags of mixed yeah. sweets. You know, I, I yeah, see the yeah. image, and I'm right back to that age, and I can even taste it. You know, just totally. from that picture, yeah. right? It's it's amazing. Like I said, the glass kind of just it was a no brainer to make the jet planes right. But as soon as I made those, I started getting feedback from people, and they'd just be telling me their childhood stories, essentially. And you'd see a lot of emotion, usually. With the lollies, it's definitely on the um, cheerful, kind of really happy side of things. And so it was pretty obvious that I had touched onto something. You kind of get jettisoned back to whatever your memory is. A lot of it's kind of like walking down to the dairy with a brother or sister. and It's kind of like a time machine in a way, if you know what I mean. You did those two large public artworks in 2020 for Sylvia Park, and I think you've described that as a turning point in your career. Are you equally comfortable making work that will fit within the four white walls of a gallery, should that be its colour and shape, and these larger works for outside? Yeah, totally. Both of the pieces that ended up being in over at Sylvia Park, um, one of them is and consists of um, 400 one-kilogram glass jet planes, there's 400 of them hanging from the ceiling, spilling out of this giant bag. I think that sculpture is like 50 metres cubed. It's huge. And these big concrete knuckle bones. They both came from smaller sculptures that I had for residential and gallery works. And a friend of mine approached me about a potential um, install in Sylvia Park. So that was really integral that point of kind of like thinking bigger definitely a turning point in my career very challenging so it's not just some glass on a table I'm having to think about how can we hang 500 kgs of glass above punters heads so the engineering side of thing working with lighting designers architects which I also found I love doing 
and kind of before that my job was you know just me in my studio thinking and making and the actual networking and the working with other people I was kind of scared of it to start with I was like oh, I hope no one's going to mess with my ideas but um I found that everyone was very cool and um yeah and I, I had a lot of fun and made made some friends in the process you mentioned that you didn't do the art school route. Uh, you came through yeah. having done a background of trades. I think I read that you, drain laying was particularly helpful for yeah, you. But, I mean, there's an advantage yeah, to that, right. isn't there? Because you you understand material, you're great with your hands, you've got physical strength. Yeah, I mean, especially for the sculptural side of things, you know, there's a lot of logical thinking and using your hands. And so when I did come through, and started to cast glass the ways to make moulds, the kind of back and forth nature. It just clicked really easily for me. It wasn't a learning process. I feel like I understood it, and so I could kind of really just translate my ideas to physically pretty quickly, yeah. Definitely fair to say I'd need to be working for myself. I definitely didn't fit in the nine-to-five bracket. I was lucky enough my uncle was a drain layer, and so I'd work for him for a bit, you know, skive off, get another job, get fired from that job. And he was amazing during my 20s. He'd always take me back. Kind of, I'd come back with my tail between my legs. Merv, I need some work. And he never blinked. He just like, pick up the truck tomorrow morning, start on Monday. So yeah, definitely, I was definitely lucky to have him. You mentioned also, Simon, that you're now... Um, having got this body of work, of skills, reputation, studio with, you've got three people in your studio working with you, that you're now starting to really push yeah. yourself um, in terms of right. refined art. What do you mean by refined art? What are the sort of areas that you're exploring and how are you pushing yourself now with this beautiful, seductive material? Definitely size-wise, thinking a bit bigger. My studio is quite nice my size with the design range has helped me get to a point where I've got bigger kilns. With glass, you're definitely limited by the size of the equipment you have. So I've got some bigger kilns now and the cold working equipment, which is the finishing equipment once the works come out of the kiln. To tell you the truth, social media has been really helpful. As um, Instagram, as far as just looking at, being able to see what other people are doing around the world. I saw a technique from a woman in the UK, for instance, of putting your cast work back in the kiln and heating it up and pulling it out while it's, say, 600 degrees with a big fire suit on and bending it up and messing with it. And so I'm just finding new techniques. Um, I definitely want you know, my work to be original. For my artistic practice, I've only really thought, thinking a bit uh, deeper about what art means to me now and the messages, potentially, that I want to aligned with the work I'm making. Well, what are those messages? Because we talked before about the, the joyous nostalgia of your candy range. For this yeah. kind of new direction that you're taking, what are some of the ideas yeah. and themes that you'd like us to take from your work? Is it still yeah, kind of well, uplifting and joyous, or, or are you thinking in different yeah, directions? Uh, <laughs> um, definitely different directions. And what I've found, um, one thing I've found, the concepts behind art don't usually come first for me like I'll have an idea that for whatever reason just pops into my head and I'm like I feel compelled to make it and then in the process of making these works obviously you're just you're singly focused on this one this one form and it feels like some sort of therapy where you're just really thinking hard about these ideas that you've popped in your head why have they popped in there for instance uh, I'm revisiting a um these uh, lampposts that I made 
uh, when I first started. I'm making them uh, much bigger and in bronze. And I'm kind of seeing the connection between the initial idea was from road trips and kind of, you know, just sitting in the back of the car and counting poles as they're going by and kind of like, and I found that people kind of like um, resonated with them as well. You know, as I'm sitting there making these poles, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. It might be kind of like a, a metaphor for um, taking notice of life as it's going by, trying to be in the moment rather than thinking about, you know, the destination. Kind of like jumping between um, literal things and then metaphors of things. It's larger pieces that we're talking about, Simon. What sort of mm. size? Because, again, with glass, I guess we don't, mm. we don't tend to think of large glass sculptures. No reason why we shouldn't. Yeah. But there is that technical yeah. challenge to it, of course. Yeah, totally. And so some of the biggest works that I'm working on, I'm kind of um, essentially as big as I can fit in the kiln. And with the pieces that I mentioned that I'm pulling out hot, it's kind of essentially as much as I can feel comfortable lifting. So we're talking about 15 kilograms of nearly molten glass and messing with that at high temperature. When you're working with glass in that way, you know, this 15 Mm. kilograms of hot glass, is it a fight or is it a dance, would you say, Simon? Are you working with it or sometimes are you fighting against it to make it follow your will? One thing that I've learned through working with glass through these years, it's amazing medium to teach you patience because it'll break so easily. Usually just before something breaks, you'll get this feeling like, oh, am I, should I stop doing this? And so it's been really good and for that kind of lesson. But um, as far as pulling this really hot, heavy stuff out, it's interesting. It's, um, it doesn't feel that heavy when I'm messing with it. I've got about 60 seconds to play with it before it's getting too cool and it's going to crack and I need to chuck it back in the kiln to get some heat back in it. And during that time, it doesn't really feel heavy at all. I guess because I know it's so hot, I've got this fire suit on. There's a bunch of adrenaline flowing. And it's kind of just all happens. It has to happen really quickly. But after the fact of actually having started having to go down to um, physio every couple of weeks and I'll go down there, he, he, he's like, oh, you did another one of those pieces yesterday. He can tell, like, it's kind of a definitely physical work. I, I can tell that you love it. And, and we should say also that you're not, you know, you're not a glass artist solely. You work in other materials, ceramics also, also working with heat and materials, yeah. I guess, in a, in a similar related way. Uh, and bronze you yeah. mentioned before also. At the moment, are you, are you working with all three materials at once or do you tend to focus on one at a time? No, I've usually got a few projects going at the same time. I'm working on um, two separate um, bodies of glasswork for exhibitions coming up in the next six months. I've also um, got wax uh, work down at a bronze foundry. I'm working closely with a um, guy down there making these big bronze pieces. I mean, I love glass and it got me into sculpture, but whatever medium fits my idea best, and it's, it's a really cool way to branch out and meet new people. I recently did my first run of screen prints which I'd never done. So I got to go out and meet the guys at Artright Screen Printing, learn the screen printing process. I made some um, oversized K-Bar wrappers. I kind of got a K-Bar wrapper, scanned that, and we kind of messed with that, got that right and blew it up. You know, in that process, I worked with my friend who's a, a graphics guy and then a screen printer and working with these framers. So it took a, a lot of people to get these things together. I've worked with large concrete sculptures and I definitely don't want to stop doing that. It excites me um, learning new skills and working with different 
different materials. Simon Lewis Wards will be talking more about his sculptures as art at the Ramp Festival at Wintech in Waikato. It starts on Tuesday and we've got a gallery of pictures of his work. They look delicious, those sweets, I've got to say, on the Standing Room Only webpage.